Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now. Here's Pastor Raphael. Hello, I'm Raphael Martinez, a minister in the Church of God Cleveland Movement, and thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast today called Where Are We Going? It's a podcast we've created where we explore some hard questions about the deceptive and destructive power wielded by cultism and abusive churches all around us. We've also beheld our world's cultural and geopolitical dysfunction so continually that it's led us to ask the question about just where we are going, and I'm sure it's a question that's uppermost in a lot of other people's minds. It's one of those kinds of questions that are asked by so many of our times, and this is just one attempt uh, through our ministry to engage those. So this podcast is one of the services of Spirit Watch Ministries, an outreach of discernment in our deceptive world that has been ongoing since 1993. You can learn more about us at our website, spiritwatch.org. And keep up to date using our Facebook and YouTube links there on the page as well. We're always seeking new audiences and we'd appreciate the help spreading the word around your own little internet community about our podcast. We're now found on Spotify, Google, and Amazon Podcast Challenge. And if you're here visiting for the first time, thanks so much. Please bookmark us and come on back. We have podcast releases every Wednesday and every Saturday at midnight. And so, uh, and, and we really believe that they're, they're worth to listen to. So hope you can come back and hear them then. We hope our previous podcast, entitled Of Blue Cheese and Cultism, gave you a bit more to think about. Spirit Watch Ministries has, as one of its goals, a very public mission to help educate how to recognize and address the potent and malign influences of cultism that are often all around us. Our last podcast was from a teaching I did at a conference a few years back, and I think it was the best summary on the subject I've had a chance to present. We discussed what religious abuse is how it is inflicted by the questionable and control-oriented figures of authority all around us through a variety of venues that they they, uh, creep into, and the tragic impact that it leaves behind among those who felt its power and its draw. There is an excellent video or two we post on our Facebook site that illustrates this last point better. I would encourage you to go ahead and check that out. Uh, uh, I continued and concluded it with the sharing of some principles to base a compassionate, and yet discerning an uncompromising personal desire to bring truth to those deceived and downtrodden by cultic error. I hope you had a chance to listen in. Understanding how cults accomplish such a profound ensnaring is vital to knowing how to counter them, as the late but great Dr. Margaret Sanger well said in an interview years ago in the 1970s. Recruitment techniques are so sophisticated that almost any one of us could be captured by the approach of various cults. Am I going to have to punch strangers? (laughs) No. (laughs) Flotation tanks? Electronic headbands? (laughs) The path's not about gimmicks. It's about love. Well, I love love. So do we... 
One of the darkest forms cultism assumes is when it seeks to recruit new host members to feed upon and multiply. It's then that it makes itself look so pure, so holy, so rational, so reasonable, so attractive, in such a deceptive and hypocritical manner. The stage at which someone encounters a cult and it in turn does all it can to razzle-dazzle a prospect into an amenable frame of mind that opens to its attraction is popularly called many things by many people. But the one term most universally known is that of love-bombing. Love-bombing is the insincere and overwhelming smothering of positive regard upon a recruit by multiple members of a group seeking to draw them into commitment. It is a carefully controlled outpouring of affection, interest, and avowed love by the group, aimed to impress upon them how valued and cared for that they are, and only by the group, of course. This is typically done in three ways. They extend immediate importance. Uh, the prospect is affirmed to the extent that they are made to feel essential and important to the success of the cause they're confronted with, since it's how those needs and their fulfillment will be met. It's instant intimacy. It's when the prospect is provided with a high degree of almost instantaneous caring and sharing with other group members who unhesitatingly make themselves available for the development of supposedly deep and close relationships. And thirdly, it's, it's using interactive introduction. Uh, the prospect is brought into and then caught up with a community of people who have a vibrant social life together. It's totally centered around their collective involvement with the revelation or the philosophy that the group holds is the truth that will save the world and, and it maybe even save their souls. This is what love bombing looks like from an objective perspective. And it's beyond sad that so many never see this coming. Looking for sweetness in hearts and finding bitterness and mind control disguised as the latter. Our podcast today features the testimony of Rebecca, a survivor of the intricate manner in which the Gladstone Movement located in Ohio tried to love bomb her into submitting her life to them a few years back. She wasn't in long, but her period and time there were quite informing. I will say again, as I said a couple weeks ago, what you are going to hear is shocking and infuriating, and it should be. Fair warning, some of what you are about to hear is potentially triggering for abuse victims be advised. We want to thank once again, so um, gratefully, all the uh, wonderful things that um, and wonderful patience that uh, people have exhibited who have come on to our virtual studio here at Spirit Watch Ministries and have been able to uh, share from their hearts and from their and from what uh, what the experiences have been. And, and today we have once again another guest with us here who has uh, been in and out of uh, the Gladstone community who's going to do just the very same thing. And her time there was not very long, comparatively speaking to many other people who've been here, but uh, it was uh, very informational, for lack of a better word. Very, very cautionary. And I appreciate, once again, uh, Rebecca, for stepping up uh, to our microphones here today. And, and I want to thank you, Rebecca. I hope things are, are well in your stretch of the world there. And I, and then I want to thank you once again for coming out. Thank you. When was your time uh, in Gladstone? How long were you there? And uh, you know, what was going on what, in your life that, uh, you know, that, you know, maybe drew you towards, towards it? I mean, how did it intersect with your life? 
So it was around um, October, actually, I think around August to uh, mid-October of 2013. Okay. May to October. May to October, that's how long you were there with him? It was like uh, August. Okay. Like the beginning, actually, yeah, the end of July of 2013 to, uh, to like, mid-October. Okay. So, around, like, between two and three months. So, it was basically a summer, a summer of time you were with them. So, I remember that was a very, very uh, big, big time for me. I was getting getting ready to get remarried, and a lot of good things are happening in our lives, and I'm sure you saw a lot of good things are happening in your (laughs) life as well. So, uh, yeah. So, and so that's, uh, you know, and, and, and again, that's, that's not a bad thing to have, you know, good things going in your life. You're going through transitions, you know, I mean, that's what's, that's what it's all about. You know, life is, life is change. And, uh, so what was going on that, uh, like I said, that in, in your life that I kind of, kind of, kind of drew you, uh, towards a place like, like Gladstone? Um, so it was, uh, I mean, just a pretty, pretty wild year. Um, I've gone from having, like, I mean, I lived independently. I, you know, um, was completely, um, you know, doing, like, I was going to school. Um, and, uh, I was living on my own and everything, just doing my own thing. And I, uh, I lost my license. Um, so I lost my car. Um, and, uh, I had to go to jail for a few days. And then my parents, um, they, um, they told me if they wanted me, uh, if they, if I wanted their help in any capacity that, um, I needed to do everything they wanted me to do basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, I ended up moving, uh, to another, uh, family member's house, um, in a difference uh, in Ohio. So, uh, it was just like a whirlwind. Um, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And I mean, it was like, I blinked in my whole life, you know, my, everything that made me feel good about my life was gone. Mm-hmm. And it was like instant, instant, um, you know, uh, all of my friends, everybody that I talked to and spoke to, they were gone. And, uh, it yeah. was a hard time. Yeah. Um, Indeed. Sure. So, uh, so you, so you stopped going to school then too, you said, is that what you said? And you had to drop completely out and every, everybody in your world was, was, I guess, built around that. You weren't able to to get to any further, right? Yeah. It was, uh, around like summertime when that happened. Um, and, uh, yeah, I ended up in, uh, Cincinnati with, uh, you know, living under a family member's roof. Okay. So, all right. 
So, uh, from what I understand, they really were uh, instrumental in introducing it to Gladstone, and they were apparently they were quite enthusiastic about it. I think they had just started growing themselves too, right? Yeah. So, um, I've always, um, like, uh, I've gone to church on and off growing up, um, but, like, they're more familiar with, like, the, the church scene, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, they had had, um, they'd been recommended, um, going here. Mm-hmm. And okay. so, it's hard to describe, like, uh, you know, just kind of, like, what mental state, um, I mean, like, uh, I was in, I, I think I was just really wanting something good to happen. And I was really trying, like, to make things different. I mean, I, I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're sitting in this first church service, and um, all of a sudden these, like, two, like, young guys, like, tap us on the shoulder and that was um Sebastian and Brian. <laughs> so uh they tap us on the shoulder and they 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 go we felt really led to speak to you today. We can tell there's so that we can sense there's something going on mm. with you. Yeah. And uh we wanted to invite you to dinner. <laughs> and I was like I I can't I can't describe how like taken aback I was by that um as somebody who hasn't spent a ton of time like actually in church because it felt like you know they knew something I wasn't used to people telling me that God told them to to talk to me you know yeah that's something that uh, I think a lot of people going to churches and visiting them generally don't get you know, they go in and they go out of a church and they, they quietly go on and make and make their own decisions as to what they're going to do and interacting later. But suddenly you have these two young men that seem to like really like be reading your mail, as the old saying goes. Yeah. They knew they kind of knew something was up. And of course, they want to avail themselves of an opportunity to to help you. And at that time, you're a person that obviously was there because you you wanted and needed help of some sort. You were needed. Uh, you were on the rebound from a from a from a, a nosedive, and uh, I'm sure that's certainly what uh, what it seemed like, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. And so, so what was that like? What, what, they just came right up to you and just they were about were they about the same age as you were at the time? Yes, they were. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what was it like to have two young men walk up to you and start telling you all about what they thought you were going through? Um, so, uh, it, it was, it was weird. It felt like something that was meant to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going through this terrible, terrible time in my life and everything, it, it just felt like everything was over. And, um, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, going to church. I was like really trying to like, uh, find something in that, I guess, mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and, uh, so them saying that it was like, uh, it was like, wow, huh, weird. Like maybe this is something that's supposed to happen. Yeah. You know? Right. 
almost as if it was planned, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's uh frequently what the testimony of a lot of people are. When they go to places like Gladstone, they, they suddenly find themselves prevailed upon by somebody there who seems to really have some sort of maybe perhaps secret insight, some some in on where you were and and it's it's effective, isn't it? It was. Yeah. So yeah. so I, I take it you stayed for dinner then or what happened after that? Um so uh yeah, we decided to go to dinner and it was like a very um just uh odd environment. So they all live in these houses that are downtown right next to the church that they go to. And um so we went and uh so I I, I was with uh somebody I knew and um they they split us apart and they said they didn't want to sit next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um and that was weird because we'd never been there before, never met any of these people. And we, it was, uh, it just kind of caught me off guard. Um, wait, wait, they split you apart from your family that were going there or involved? Um, yeah, they split me apart from the person that I brought. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They actually <laughs> did that. And, and then so, so you started sitting with who then? Um, so they had me sit next to a couple of the other members and they sat the person that was with me all the way across the table on the other side. So basically we couldn't communicate. Wow. That's, wow. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's just so, man, so blatant. I mean, just so high handed, uh, and heavy handed of authority to, to do that. Did they explain why they did that? I mean, what were they doing that for? Um, well, I mean, like, uh, going to a, a sit down dinner situation like that, um, where you've never been before is kind of an uncomfortable situation as it is. So, you know, you try and respect what the, uh, person's house you're at wants to do so we were like oh I mean okay and we just kind of gave each other a look um and they just said that they wanted us to try and get to know new people okay all right (laughs) (laughs) and so I assume from that point on uh, you were on your own and you had several people talking to you or how what happened after that um so yeah we started talking to um the other people around us and so uh um, just trying to make conversation with them. Um, there were, uh, it seems like almost everybody we wanted to talk to, um, or everybody we spoke to just like offered to give us their testimony. Okay. Um, they also paired me up with somebody they thought that I would get along with. Um, get along with. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's almost as if like they were like priming you to accept uh a leading from somebody who who was being assigned to handle you. I mean, I know you're not you're that person there with a, with, a, with your own conscience. It's, it's as if you know they just simply had to make sure they got you, um, you know, properly uh vetted <laughs> in some yeah. strange way. So, is that what it was like? Or I mean, that's what certainly what it sounds like. What you're saying to me. That is absolutely what it felt like. Wow. 
So they started talking. What are they talking about? What are some of I mean, they, they just mentioned it, you know, I mean, Sebastian and Brian just talked to you and said that, uh, hey, you know, you've, uh, you're, uh, uh, we can see some guys doing something in your life. You know, we, there's something that I think he may, he may want to do for you among us, you know, and so that was kind of the mindset you're already in when you went under this and then all of a sudden what, did, 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 did the other people pick up on that or how, how did it, how did the interaction go from that point on? Um, I mean, like, you know, it's almost crazy to look back at it now. It feels like a bad infomercial, like, because like everybody was like, you know, th- there was no genuine conversation really going on because it was just being approached with, this is what being here has done for me. This is why I'm here. And I'm so happy here. You won't, I, I just can't believe how happy I am here. I don't ever even think about what my life used to be like. Wow. Much. <laughs> wow. It's like a textbook case of, of, of recruitment. I mean, you're absolutely trying to sell you on, on, on a product. I mean, that's what it sounds like. I mean, is, the, is this something that, you, that is, I, I would guess, is fairly common uh, along anyone going wanting to join Glassstone, isn't it? Yeah, it it, it felt like it. I mean, and, uh, it, it, you know, the other part that was weird was, you know, I was there with somebody, um, but it seemed like everybody in the whole community was just focused on us the whole time we were there. Like, oh. it was weird. Wow. And then we'd go home. So you went home and, uh, that was, uh, I'm sure that was certainly gave you a lot to think about. And you've been just, I mean, what did it feel like to have so many people, you know, approaching you with positive regard and telling you how great their life was ever since they joined Gladstone? And, and, and I guess, uh, I guess you were meant to, to come to only one conclusion, right? And, uh, what was that, what, that, what was that supposed to be? That she move in there and that, that I would be making a mistake to not do that. Like, you know, who am I to like reject God and his wants for me? Wow. You know, man, you sound so certain. Is, is that the verbiage they use as I spoke to you? Wow. That is really. Yeah. Messy. <laughs> really messy. But again, it's, that's not surprising. It's that, that is how, uh, how cult recruitment takes place. They shower you with positive regard and tell you this is the greatest place since, that, that's ever, that anyone could ever go to. And, and they just go on and on and, and, and start you know, putting thumb screws on, you know, to really make you start thinking twice about that. So, so when you went home after that was all over, uh, what was, what were your, what were you thinking about then? Did you feel swayed one way or the other? Did you see through that? Or did you just really believe that this really might be a, a good place to go? Um, I, it was a little weird. Um, it, it felt like, uh, it was like mixed emotions. It was exciting. And at the same time, it felt really like smothering and like, I don't know. It was like a a little, uh, I mean, it felt like an opportunity, I guess, at first. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, it was weird. It was like, uh, my spidey senses, I guess, were kind of going off. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I can't think of a better word, but something was telling me something was wrong, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Gut feeling then. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. that's a good word. It's a gut feeling. I just, something wasn't quite right about it, but you couldn't put your finger on it. Right. It was exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So, uh, well, um, the pitch had been made. You went home. So what happened after that? Then I take it then that you, uh, you felt that this is something you, you needed to do or something. And, um, how, uh, what, what happened after that? Um, so like in the situation I was in, you know, it felt like everybody was just trying to like take over for me. Um, I think, uh, you know, um, my, unfortunately, some of my information had been shared with people from the community. Um, and that kind of gave them, um, like a, I don't know, a leg up because they could go, you need to do this for your life right now. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So they would share personal information that somehow they got a hold of and they would, it was, it was about obviously I think your struggles and your, 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 your difficulties and they would turn around and say, Oh, but you know, in order to get these problems solved, you really must do X, Y, and Z uh, to see those, to see God intervene in your life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like you need to do this for you. We know we can tell that you you should live with us. It's the like the only option for you, pretty much. Um, <laughs> oh. oh, so that is, it's always so refreshing to hear someone just like you just share just so freely just how blatant uh, that kind of recruitment can be. Because it, it does enlighten. It does help us see that this stuff does go on. It, it occurs. And it, it occurs every day, very Monday. It's, it, I'm, I'm sure you know, as, as exciting as it felt, as disturbing as it was, that it's something that uh, you encountered regularly from them until you made that decision. Uh, right? Yeah. Totally. Wow. That's amazing. So... Uh, so, well, you made, you, you made the decisions to, you know, to go, to visit, you're thinking about it. So, uh, uh, so did you pull the, did you pull the, pull the plug, so to speak? Uh, and did you go? Did you move in? Um, no, I didn't. Okay. And so, uh, what was that like, uh, with having family members going? And I guess, I guess they were part of that whole recruitment process too, right? Um, uh, one person, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have kind of like, uh, like an office manager type of person, I guess I would call. Um, and so she started frequently communicating with people in my family who weren't me. Um, and, uh, she was just like trading information back and forth. Like they're basically gossiping about me and what was going on with my life. And they were trying to figure out how they could use it to their own benefit. Um, so, uh, and also, uh, basically, um, I, I just felt like I was being run, like, you know, into a corner, yeah. Um, 
so um so say i had been given a set oh sorry go ahead no no go, no you, know, you go ahead it's your story <laughs> like i said uh, so uh, they gave me this thing it's called a covenant and they gave me the list of rules for the community um and they wanted me to sign it and return it to them and um you know like uh as like someone who had been like having like I you know I lived in another state my life was completely different you know I'm just reading over this list of rules just like in total disbelief you know like I'm a grown adult like (laughs) and it was like don't be seen speaking with any any member of the opposite sex like you know um, like just the rules were insane. Um, and you know, you have to give 100% of any funds that you have over to them. Um, you can't have a car unless it's used for the community. Um, it was a pretty long list. Um, and also they wanted you to sleep in the same room as like eight other people. Um, eight other so people. I remember, yeah. 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 That's messed up. <laughs> I don't think I would say that. But, I'll, 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 but, but you know, but, but when you're told to do that as a point of contact and fellowship with a, a group of people who believe that they have the answers for you, that they they're going to tell you exactly how to how to live live the life that 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 makes that 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 uh, has helped them supposedly become so free from from everything. Exactly. It's 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 normal, right? It's it's just what they expected. Is and that was a uh, did they initiate trying to get you moving from from the get go or was that like within a matter of days they moved from hi how are you we we love you and we we're so glad you're here we I want to tell you what God's done for me here when they moved from that to hey you need to move in how how quick a turn was that within a matter of days. And I mean, I think, I think like I was just so depressed, like, or, you know, they could tell or whatever information they got, they could tell. And I mean, like, you know, in a situation like that, I was looking for a solution, you know, and they knew, they knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they're just trying to help God out <laughs> and help yeah. and, and, and make it possible for you to make the only right decision you possibly could make. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's that's about par for the course with with cultic movements like that. So, and, and you you mentioned in our conversation that everyone there had had a very strange personality uh, kind of uh, profile. Everyone just seemed the same. Is is that the right way to say it, or how how would you uh, how would you characterize that? They were like one person in different bodies. Um, and like that from like, you know, so, uh, for example, if you made like a sarcastic joke or something, oh my gosh, I'll never forget this one time. Um, I was with my, uh, someone I knew and, um, we were laughing, like one of us made a joke and like two, two of the members looked over at us and they go, you'll stop doing that soon. Just basically saying what? you won't you won't be like that forever. Yeah, they actually said that. <laughs> yeah, you you gotta be kidding me! Wow, and you weren't even a member. You, you didn't. You never signed a covenant, right? No. But so, they, okay, they actually said that to you that you I would soon stop doing that. 
Yeah, well, because they didn't like sarcasm, um, and uh, they didn't like, uh, I, I, I forgot what they said about sarcasm. It was something about it being negative and not of God. <laughs> okay, but it's perfectly fine for them to rip into you and point out all your faults and, 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 and do all the sin finding they can about you once you live there, isn't it? Yeah. Did you yeah, see a exactly. lot of that going on there? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and like, it was kind of a weird, so they were very, they were very private. I've listened to some of the other podcasts. They were very like private about like, you know, their like, uh, accosting of other people, but I know it happened to me a couple times and, um, they were really pressuring me to get baptized. They wanted me to get baptized really, really bad at the community. And I actually ended up doing that. Um, okay, so you took the next step. Even though I'd already been baptized. Right. Okay, so they were after you to get baptized. Why was baptism so important to them? Well, it was weird because I told them several times I'd already been baptized before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just really, I, it was almost like, uh, so they wanted uh, us to go to this person's house and be baptized in like this ceremony. Um, and I think they wanted us to feel connected to the community so we'd be more inclined to join. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's definitely the impression I got from it. Okay, so was the baptism, what, 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 how were they explaining it? That it was going to be something that was going to bind them closer? They, what was the, I mean, the point of baptism is, 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 is to provide for people an opportunity to, to make a public testimony to your personal faith in Christ. And that's what baptism is all about. It doesn't save you. It doesn't make you right. It just says, listen, I've identified with Jesus, and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to identify with his death, burial, and resurrection by being immersed in water and coming up again and, and testifying to you. That that's where I'm at. That's what baptism is about. So how did they explain that? Other than, was it just only in terms of, well, this is going to make it get closer to us? Or what did they say? They didn't say that at all. Um, so okay. they, but they did, they've said the traditional, um, you know, things that are associated with baptism. Um, I guess the reason it felt like that was because, um, we had, me and, me and, uh, the person that I was with, um, we had both already been baptized and we were telling them this. So, I mean, like, it just felt a little bit weird that they wanted us to get baptized so badly. And so, um, whenever we went to this I, ceremony, it was like everyone was hugging us and like they were like having us share our testimony with everybody. And I think they wanted us to credit, you know, Gladstone with this and us to associate it like as a, like a beginning, I guess, with them. Mm-hmm. And they had like a party for us afterwards. Yeah. I guess they were all just congratulating themselves and you for making the right decision, right? And, uh, <laughs> that's definitely what it felt like. Wow. And before you got baptized, they had mentioned you had already seen all this other stuff you'd mentioned about uh, being told you would soon stop laughing at jokes and that you were just need to make sure you made the right decision. You already been through the, through the gauntlet of that socially there. Um, I, I can't remember if that had happened before or after, um, but like, uh, so like, uh, basically, yeah, they just didn't like when you made sarcastic jokes, um, 
they didn't like there were just certain things that they would point out and say you know that's not of god um Mm -hmm. and oh gosh everything was scrutinized i mean like i remember going to like a the small group session and um you know somebody would be like you know keep in mind i'm somebody who was like drinking i spent a couple of days in jail a few months ago <laughs> you know and so this person i'm sitting across from this person who's going mm. i accidentally browsed on the internet for too long you know or like read in this book um like read a book that wasn't of the bible i need to be reading bible more and um you know like is like angry with themselves for doing wow. that you wow. know Oh, man, man, that isn't it. Isn't it just what what, what cults like, like like cults do? Isn't that just like them? I mean, I mean, I understand this was your your specific experience, but I've been at this for a long time. I've I've been helping people, and that seems to be that again another very common thread in which people actually attribute all that stuff all the goodness all the all the right decisions all the right thinking all their purity all over to the control of of a group that came on and said hey we're we're going to be the ones telling how to live from now on and that's basically uh, a manifestation of that isn't it yeah really so so I understand that there was a point at which, you know, while you were, I think you were, well, they were, you were basically, you know, uh, really, I guess, really wondering what to do during that summer that, uh, you, you started, uh, at the, that family members started getting phone calls from someone there at the community, uh, that were, were supposedly a, a pipeline for instruction on how to get you help, right? Yeah, exactly. Maybe could you could you elaborate on that? Maybe that's another illustration of what we just talked about. So um, I, I was kind of surprised at how blatant this was, um, but it just felt like such a. I, I, it made me feel like less than a person. Um, mm-hmm. So um, a member of the community had started reaching out to my family member, um, who I was. Um, living with at the time and Mm. so uh they were just talking about me and my situation and so like you know I barely knew this person that worked at Gladstone you know um they were just like sharing what they thought I uh was wrong and what I could do I mean basically it, it felt to me like it was just like a a roast session um because it never led to anything good. It was all, um, you know, stuff about taking away all of the connections I had to anything else. Um, taking away my phone. Um, at one point, taking away my door was discussed. Um, and uh, I started, yeah, taking off my door like a child. I was a grown adult. Who was also, yeah, it, it, there's, I was... Offend, I was. I started breaking down at this point. Wow, that's incredible. So, that, so your family member, you're not even a part of, and they're instructing you. Someone from Glaston is is as deciding that it's best for you to have pressure put on you to make the right decision for yourself, of course, uh, and that involved at this point using your family member to get the hinges taken off of your. Your, your your door, your room, your, in the home you're staying at? 
Yeah. Am I, am I hearing that right? Yes. What was this supposed to do for you? Um, so they're, I mean, they're trying to tell uh, this person that this is a life or death situation. Like I could die if she didn't, or if, if they didn't do this. Yeah. So, um, and so I guess, uh, uh, and uh, like, I felt like I was doing, I was going to church. I was going, I was going to Gladstone, you know, and I was just so confused. I felt like I was trying to do everything right, but I didn't want to move in there and I wasn't ready to make a commitment. And now, now looking back, it's just so offensive, like, to think what was actually going on. They were trying to push me, as a grown adult, <laughs> through yeah. these means to do this. Yeah, yeah. So, so at this point, there you, there you are, you're just, you know, there, you'd baptized, but you hadn't made sign of the covenant. Uh, the, the living commitment. You hadn't yet decided to actually live with them. And, uh, what, what were some of the things you would say to them that, I mean, I'm sure they asked you about a million times whether you're going to make a decision. What, what, what was the one thing that you would say that would, that would communicate to them? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm still thinking about it. What, what, and how do they react to that? Um, so basically anytime that we went there, um, you know, I, like, uh, I would have the same few people, um, pull me aside and like, you know, it, it was like the only thing that they really wanted to talk about or cared about. They would be like, so do you think you're ready? Are you, and they'd even say stuff like, I'm so excited for you to move in here, you know, um, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, they're like, I think it's going to be so great for you. I can't wait to see who you become here, you know, stuff like that. We can't wait um, to see what you would become there. Yeah. Man, I bet that made you feel really, really uh, good, didn't it? I mean, <laughs> it was just pressure, you know, it was awkward for me. Yeah. Because, um, so, I mean, I, like you said, there was a gut feeling telling me no. And you were following that. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you did. I mean, that meant, that meant you were still thinking at that point. <laughs> thinking for yourself. <laughs> that was the, that was the best part about that. So, so why, so this was going on for a whole three months. Were you going every week to them to, to share? I mean, and what, and what was, what were, what were you, what was going on at that point? So, um, I was with, um, my, uh, friend and so we would go down and we would probably spend like three nights a week there um and uh you know that was like an escape you know since I couldn't really do much on my own I mean so like I wanted to go there and like you know also like I felt like you know I was trying to ignore that gut feeling in a way because I was like how how can not like giving my life like to God and like participating in all these charity projects and stuff like, you know, that, that has to be the selfish part of me. And that's something they would reinforce is they would say, that's, you know, it, it, it sounds like crazy to say this, but like, you know, that's Satan telling you, no, you know, that has to be, that gut feeling has to be wrong. All that was of Satan, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would receive that comment. 
you know, one time I remember being in, in a cultic movements, uh, Sunday, Sunday services. And I remember hearing the, the earnest young minister there of this specific movement. It's called the International Church of Christ. It was at a, co- at a, a college in Chattanooga where I was living at the time. And I remember listening to him just go on and on about how his, his whole theme was that, uh, that we are the people that are often least, uh, we, we are the people who are least qualified to make decisions and live our own lives. I remember hearing wow. that. I thought, I'm that's going, crazy. I can't believe you just said that. But no, that's exactly, he was very sincere and very forceful in his delivery. There's no, no, there is no doubts about it. So that's kind of what I'm hearing. You hear, you're, you're hearing from everybody else there, isn't it? Yeah. That you just could not, you, you, you really can't trust yourself. You, you can't really act for yourself. You can't, you really shouldn't think for yourself. Somebody should be doing that for you. Uh, is exactly. Wow. Did, how did that feel hearing your, 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 your own rationale, your own intellect, your own mind actually, uh, held up to you as a bad example? What was that, <laughs> what was that like? Um, it just threw me, I wouldn't even describe it like, you know, I, I was just thrown into a state of like complete confusion. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So you were all constantly in this continual state of confusion. You, you, you couldn't really trust your own decisions, right? You couldn't really, exactly. you, you, there were only so many you could make <laughs> and there was only the one they wanted you to. And, and, and that your life was meant to live in that direction. Your whole destiny, your whole eternity, your salvation, okay? Your, everything was, was based upon whether you made that right decision, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all these elders and all these people are leading that way. So for three months you dealt with that. And unfortunately you had somebody on the inside, uh, of your family there who was, uh, unfortunately, uh, out of, I'm sure, the best of intentions, uh, helping stoke the fires there, uh, at, at Gladstone and it just, er, just goading them on to continue to keep reaching out to you and then using personal information, uh, to, uh, to influence, uh, your decision making, basically, right? Yeah. Okay. So what was the point at which then, I mean, you said just three months of this. Basically, it's love bombing. Uh, we've talked about that here off and on, and love bombing is a positive and insincere regard that is um, shadow, or, or, or I mean, uh, showered upon people who are recruits to cults in, 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 a, in a way to directly influence their their decisions. I mean, they're they're told they're wonderful people. They're they're they're, they're everyone loves you. They care about you. They they want you to know how much you're going to be blessed and and just it just heaped on you. You're 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 constantly in your words as you and you and well chosen. Where you're constantly accosted. You're constantly pulled aside. You're constantly being uh, uh, set up set up for special attention. And um, and if you feel that it's divinely inspired, I mean, how much more how much more of a convincing thing can that not be than to make you understand? Listen, you you really can't live for yourself. You really should do what you're being told. And that's right. that's what that's what love bombing is all about. It, it, it's even an emotional and social hook that that makes you really believe 
that this is the best thing you need to do, and be, all these people will love you. They, they they see so much good in you. They want you to have so much good in, in return. And um, from that point on, you know, the pressure just mounts. After after they present, they make their case. They start representing it to you in so many emotive ways. What were some of the emotional arguments they make? I mean, obviously they had the spiritual ones and the and the practical ones, but uh, I'm sure they put a lot of, of, of emotional weight on you to, 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 to pressure. Uh, so, and that, that was a really, really good description, I guess, of like what was, what it felt like. Um, they would, um, basically, it almost felt like a, an exchange in a way. They wanted to do as much for me as possible so that I would end up feeling guilty I guess in retrospect. Um, so, uh, but the main one is like, okay, so, um, they just really, really, they focus on community. Um, they're like, you can't do anything alone. You, you can't do this alone. Um, you have to have a group of people. We have, we all have each other and we're so happy, you know. Um, just basically, I needed to do this for me. They loved and cared about me, and um, they wanted me to be a part of their community and live with them. And I wouldn't fully be a part of the community until I lived with them. That was another thing that was told to me right. a couple times. Do you think they held back on the really severe forms of... Uh... Uh, direction, shall we say, uh, because you weren't quite you know, a member yet, or were they pretty upfront with you about how, how how really bad you were? I mean, I mean that that's that tends to be in 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 the love bombing stages and calls something they 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 lean on very selectively. W w did you feel anything like that occur to you there? Yeah, I did because there were um, like a couple times where um, <laughs> I had gotten so. Um, like, uh, I guess, uh, I got to the point where I was like, okay, yeah, I think I'm ready to move in. And I changed my mind almost immediately and said no. Um, and, uh, that led to me getting basically yelled at by, um, one of the, the people who does like the organizing. Um, she pulled me aside. And, um, she, she was angry with me. Like she was crying. There were tears in her eyes. And I just remember it was like caught me so off guard. Like, uh, that I just kind of, that was, that was like a turning point for me. Mm. I was just, I, because I was like, why is this person, why does she care so much if I move in here? Mm hmm. And, um, I just remember, cause like, you know, before I was really trying to connect emotionally with everybody and I, I wanted to be a part of it. Like I wanted to, I wanted to feel what they felt, I guess. And then whenever that happened, it was very negative and it was like, I was mm. just looking at her and I felt super disconnected and weirded out by it. Yeah. Cause she shouldn't care that much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, but, but you make a very excellent point there. You said she seemed to care so much that you moved in, but, but I don't think you were entirely convinced she actually cared for you. Yeah, exactly. She was mad that I wouldn't move in. She wasn't mad that, you know, I did anything wrong. 
Um, and I just remember, I like, I think I even asked her, I was like, why do you care so much? And she was like, because you need to save your life. Like, you know, just like very, and it was almost like, it was like a, she was coming up with something, you mm-hmm. know. Anything. It, yeah. And that was, and that of course is something everybody else would do too. They would lean on you at that point hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. It felt like whenever I got there, and it was so weird, because, you know, this wasn't a long period, um, but they had this, like, kind of magical ability of, I had no idea if there were other new people they were recruiting, because it felt like, you know, whenever me and uh, the person I was with were there, it, it felt like every single person was just trying to convince, like, you know, yeah. like, focusing on us the whole time. It was kind of bizarre. So, uh, from what I understand, your family member went on to actually stay there, but you just kept resisting. You just kept doubting. It just—it just wasn't something that you could—you could do, right? Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think my depression was honestly kind of like a, a, a help in this situation because I didn't trust anybody, and I didn't want like <laughs> I, I just didn't—I didn't believe it. There was um, a point in which I think you said your parents wanted to. You know, I gotta do something with you personally. They want to take, I think, I think you should told me your father wanted to make, take you to the lake. Just, just so, you know, just to, you know, get, I guess, take a breather from all that. And, um, there was, was that an incident that really began to really help you realize that you needed to do, you needed, this was coming to a head? Yeah. So I was doing all these good things. My whole life was dedicated to, I was really, really trying to do something good. Like I was going to church and I was trying to do everything anybody asked of me because I just, I I was so desperate like to see a difference and things just kept getting worse. I felt worse and worse all the time. I was anxious constantly. I would have horrible nightmares. Um, Like the thing I'll always remember from this period of time is I remember being so sad when I would wake up. I would just, I would, I would like, it was like dread. I would wake up and just wish I could go back to sleep and dream again. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so there was a point where my dad wanted to take me to the lake um, for a couple of days. And that was a big deal. Everybody was like, no, no, you're not ready. Um, and uh, you're not yeah, ready. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, I'm not well, ready to go well, to the lake with my dad. Well, what was what, what that supposed to mean? Why, why, you, why, you, why you, are you ill-prepared to go spend time with your father. I don't get that. Can you explain that to me? What were they What were they trying to tell you you weren't ready for? They just thought that it was going to be bad for my development um, and that it was too soon for me to go to the lake with my dad or to spend time with him because they thought I might be, like, tempted um, to do something wrong um, or stay down there or something. Wow. And so they'd actually said, um, they were like, God doesn't, God, I, they were like, I've been praying on this. I've been praying, praying on this for a long time. And I just don't feel like you're ready. I don't feel like God, this is what God wants you to do, essentially. Okay. Ne- never mind that God may actually want you to go. You know, and, uh, yeah. That you, you that God may actually, you, you might have actually, God forbid, <laughs> so to speak, that you might have actually heard from God yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. So God, God told him you weren't ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to interject. That's just. <laughs> so. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, so they, yeah. So you were, you were praying. 
uh, or if they were praying and that God didn't want you to go, but you did, did. So I assume though you actually still went. Oh yeah. Um, so I mean like the, the, I mean the pressure was pretty much like peaking at this point. Um, they were, uh, you know, telling my family member, um, that I needed to, that, that I was going to do this. Um, and so she, they were upset with me too, um, and making it harder for me at home. Um, because I, you know, when you're explaining to a Christian person, why wouldn't you want to go live and give your life to God, especially after what, you know, you've just gone through, like, you know, why, why come up with a good reason? You know, mm-hmm. um, and like I couldn't, so it just seemed like I didn't, I wasn't making the full effort, I guess. So your, your parents were convinced you should live there. <sighs> yes, because they're being spoken with as well. And so I never gave consent to any of these people to speak to anybody in my family, but they did it without my information, um, being, you know, being provided to them, uh, by me at least. And, uh, it was just, it was unbelievable. So I'm sitting there as a grown adult, like just having my life totally taken from me. I felt like a little kid and it was just the worst feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never been so depressed in my life. I don't, I mean, yeah. So I was like, I am going to the lake. I don't care what anybody says. And I'm telling my dad about all these horrific things. And I'm telling him he, he, he needs to come up with a way to get me out of here. Or, uh, I mean, it was, it mm. was that bad. So did, um, did you have that conversation with him? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Um, but it, I couldn't get the courage to do it until we were all the way back in the parking lot. Um, I, I, like, I don't think they wanted me to say, you know, I, I think they thought if I was away from like their, like grasp for like a couple days, you know, and away from the people that they were working with, that it might, you know, change my mind. Mm-hmm. It might sink in better if, they, if you gave them a break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially because... Uh, I think the effort was was just a little opposite, though, wasn't it? Yeah. So you so you spilled you basically just you know just just spilled your guts. I mean, you 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 poured your heart out of your father about all the all the problems, struggles with that. I mean, what was that like? How, how did he respond to all that? So um, he had been receiving all this information from other people, and so I I just remember feeling so betrayed. Um, because like my dad was actually starting to kind of go along with it, um, which was, uh, you know, in my, from what I know of him, it was out of character for him. Normally, you know, I I was mind blown. I felt like so powerless because, you know, how does somebody I see is so reasonable. How is he starting to like go along with this and be okay with it? It just didn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, yeah, go go ahead. Yeah, and it's, I know it's a hard thing to have to listen. Hard thing to have to talk about, I know. It's, uh, I mean, to have the one person here, the, or the closest people in your life almost get hoodwinked into believing that yes, you should be doing this. Uh, that was something that they wanted to, uh, 
I guess they felt that that would have been a good step for you. And they somehow got snookered into it by hearing all this, these, these glowing reports of how, uh, this is the best place for her to go. And, and, uh, and so you reflected that to him. And, and as you, as you began sharing your doubts, what, what was he saying? So they were, they were telling him how awful I was doing and like how awful I was and how resistant I was in their words. And they're saying, you know, here's this solution. We care about her. We're going to do this. But she won't, she's not ready, you know, basically like, um, um, not she's not ready, but she doesn't want to do it. So they were just kind of getting to, uh, him through that. Um, and I mean, sorry, what was the last part of your question? Well, I was just asking, you know, what, what, I mean, your father, Heard you say about, he heard you express your doubts, express your fears, and express your own will. And what was his response to it? I mean, ultimately, he had to come down one side or the other of it. And, and that, uh, you, you, this is obviously at a moment, I don't think he was expecting it, but you finally just had to, had to be honest with him. And, and what was, what was his response to that? Um, so basically, um, He, he didn't, he, he listened to me and I could tell that I kind of got through to him on a couple points. I was like, dad, (laughs) just please believe me. If you've ever believed me about anything, like just like, I was like, you have to do something because I'm not happy here. And I like, I, I, I can't take it anymore basically. And I was like, and he was saying, he was like, well, how can anything better happen for you down here? You know, like, how can there be a better situation for you than what's going on? Cause I mean, you know, they're just like putting these rose colored glasses over the whole situation mm-hmm. going, we're all trying so hard, you know? Um, and I mean, like, it felt like they infiltrated people in my life <laughs> like you know and like I, I mean people that i could rely on to call yeah but they got to them first oh, yeah yeah <laughs> it was just the most unbelievable feeling like right. so at that point they uh you you said you made progress but they still felt it was it was it would have been the best thing for you to do because they really obviously as 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 it, as it's said they had uh swallowed the line they had, they had believed the lie that, uh, that everything was hunky dory and you were really the, the, you, you were the big, you know, problem in this all. And it was something that, uh, you just need to, to remedy by, uh, by doing what you're told. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, uh, and, and I hope you won't mind me bringing this up in our, in our discussions. Uh, I understand one of the, perhaps one of the greatest reasons why there was an understanding that uh, among Gladstone that you needed to make the right decision was the fact that apparently you were uh, the bene- bene- uh, beneficiary to a, a, a pretty sizable trust fund. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, how did they, they find that out? Trading information back and forth, and I'm sure they came up with some reason for that to be relevant. Um, <laughs> but... <Yeah. laughs> Obviously. 
Yeah. So they gave the covenant, and um, so you have to give them all of the other funds, um, like all funds that you have upon coming in, um, you know, like including your car. Um, and if you, and so for me, the situation was I had, um, that money, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, they found out somehow, um, cause you know, that wasn't something I was talking about with them. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, that was going to be the condition. And so it was made like I was greedy or like I cared more about my money than I did my own life because that was their selling point is that, you know, um, I was going to, you know, that this is a life or death situation. That money is not a big deal. That's, uh, can you think of a more of Satan thing to do than take money (laughs) over God in your own life? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 uh, but, it, it was obviously okay uh, for them to insist on getting you to sign over control of it to them. Uh, mm-hmm. It really was, if, if it really was of Satan, they didn't mind playing with Satan's money, did they? <laughs> no. They didn't, so. <laughs> yeah. so, so what was the final straw then? I guess, like you said, you mentioned, I mean, I mean, Rebecca, I just, I, I'm just blown away. I, I just, to hear of so much intense pressure heaped upon you and, and at a point in the lowest point of your life when you're struggling, you're trying to live a better life. Uh, all they're trying to do is get you to, to basically just, you know, sign it, sign it literally over to there. Uh, you're undergoing. So, I mean, this is some of the most intensive love bombing I've ever heard of. I mean, I love bombing goes on everywhere in, with every cultic recruit, but man, this is, this, this takes a cake. I've not heard of a case so, so intense, uh, in a while. So, uh, you're at a point then, I guess, at, at, after, I guess after you came back from the lake, uh, I guess you had a lot to think about. Was, was at that point you began really thinking that, that this, this whole situation needed to end or what was, what was the lead up towards that? Um, So basically, I just knew, (laughs) so this is actually kind of a ridiculous story how this ended up happening because they had manipulated my uh, family members. So nobody else was on my side. I didn't have anybody, even though I was in contact with them. So like I've heard some of the other members talk about how they're kept away from their family. It felt like this was another game plan Mm -hmm. because I wasn't living with them yet. You know what I mean? So they couldn't, they had to figure out a way to get my family members to not convince me or to, con- to convince, convince me that it was a cult. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they were so, they, they hadn't physically separated from your family, but they were doing all they could to break down those family ties, weren't they? Yeah. They're, they're violating confidences. <laughs> they were, were uh, lying. Uh, they were taken and, and sadly, uh, you know, personal fa- personal information about yourself was shared by members of your family, which they keyed in on and made a part of their 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 loving admonition that you should be with them uh, because again, you're not qualified to live your life for yourself. So, uh, man, that, 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 and that is the function of, again the function of cults uh, in the love bombing stage. You're you're showered upon, you're loved on, you're sweet talked. And you become emotionally very drawn to them. You, you start getting involved doing what they do. And then at the same time, though, when it can be done, they work on those 
formative relationships that were that would be the anchors for you in any other point of your life to give you an objective viewpoint for yourself. And and, and they cut those adrift. I mean, your parents were were doubting that your your ability to actually make good decisions. Your family, your other family you're with, obviously were convinced you you needed to do that. So. Man, Rebecca, is that, is that is that where you were? I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. And and you were just really, I mean, man, that's really under uh, under the gun there. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that is like a that is kind of where I was at. I mean, it was like, a, and you know, I was going through mental health issues already just with everything else. So I didn't trust myself at all. I was terrified to make decisions. But I knew, I well, I I just I had to get out of there. So, um, basically, um, I made a plan, um, and uh, this was really hard because I was really really close with um, one of my um, family members and people I was with up there. I mean, we had gotten so close, just best 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 friends. And we've been friends our whole life. Sure. Um, but I couldn't take it anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a part of me that was still wondering if I was making the wrong decision, um, if I was following something. Um, so, uh, yeah, there was one point um, I... Uh, put I just put my backpack on I was you know uh, I I had walked I had gotten home and um I just was overhearing this conversation um of my family were with um somebody from Gladstone and they were just like they're just ranting about me so I walked right past them um I packed up as much stuff as I could in my backpack and I just took off walking um, and I made it like about two miles. Um, and, uh, they, I was like, I, I, I didn't have my phone at this point. They had taken my phone from me. And, uh, right before I left, I was like, can I have my phone? I'm leaving. I'm not coming back here. Um, and they gave me my phone. Um, and they convinced me to, um, pull over or you know to stop at this park um and uh they were like I mean we just had like a nice conversation and I was like okay I'll give them one more try you know in the back of my head um and that's when I started to make this plan um (laughs) so (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was, it was. I'm so just, sorry to hear that. I mean, you have to make a plan to escape from a cult. You're not even in the cult. You're not even a part of it. And you're, and your own, the people you trust in all the world are actually forcing you to this point. And that's, wow. That, I, no wonder you're depressed. No wonder you struggle. It would be totally understandable for anyone to feel that betrayed, that, that shattered, that hurt, that, that uncertain about things. So. So you you stayed, and then I think you said you you left a couple weeks later, right? 
yeah, there was this level of guilt too, because I mean, it was like, these people care about me, you know? And so like, that was one of the worst psychological effects of them reaching out to my family members is because having them tell me that I'm like, I, you know, I don't know about all these people like last time, but I know these people care about me. Mm. They love me. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm doing wrong by them. That's, and you yeah. know, yeah. So you left and, uh, from that point on, I guess you start, you know, scratching your own way through life then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, came back home. Um, and so, uh, I was actually, uh, I went to one of the first things I did. One of the first things my mother had me do was go see a psychiatrist. Um, and, uh, I talked to them and I started working with them. Um, and, uh, it's been like, I, I just am really grateful. Um, you know, like, uh, that I realized how damaged I was, you know, uh, after all of that. Sure. Um, yeah. And my mom did too. That she took me straight to a uh, mental health professional. Sure. Um, yeah. And I'm tr- I'm grateful for that to this day. Yeah. That was uh, at the end of summer 2013. That's about uh, a little under nine years ago. A little over nine years ago. So we're coming to the end of 2022. So, um, so wow. Yeah, it's man. How did that, how, I mean, I, I, getting counseling was a great first step, but, um, how have you been doing since then? What, what have you been doing and how have you been able to move beyond that? Uh, what's going uh, on? I've been, I've been doing well. Um, you know, it's been a process, you know, like you said, it's been nine years and I could probably characterize each year by something different. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's not something I think about too often anymore. Um, but I feel mm-hmm. like it, when I do think about it, it's just, uh, you know, I, I have a, a job I like. I have a six-year-old um, and uh, things mm-hmm. are good. I mean, I'm, I have my, I've had my independence back for a long time. Um and oh gosh, and if, if anything that I've taken from this, I am so grateful constantly. I'm so grateful to have the choice. I take, I love having any choice that's mine. Like, I, you know, I truly mm-hmm. appreciate that to this day. And I'll never, yeah. I, I always try and think about, you know, to never forget that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, freedom of mind is really what is at the heart you know, of, of a healthy, of a healthy life, you know, able to make your own choices, able to do for yourself, uh, on the basis of your own personal conscience is, is really, I think the greatest freedom anyone could ever have, no matter how bad things might be around you, you know, and and I, and I truly believe, you know, that, uh, that's, that's one of the, one of the reasons it isn't, it's not the only reason, but it's one of the main reasons, like I said, we, we see so much in modern cultism today that militates directly against that. And, 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 and that so many people want to, uh, in the name of God, in the name of 
deity or some philosophical concept or whatever kind of of higher self or higher reality that they represent that uh they really feel that uh they're entitled to do whatever it takes to get you in touch with that even if it involves violation of that very conscience we spoke of and I'm, yeah. so, I'm, I'm so glad that you had a chance to you know finally get some freedom out of that so and get freedom and work your way through that so um so so what what kind of place you in now you just really feel that it's, it's really uh a part of part of your history and it's something that you've learned from and moved on with right um so i mean Sorry, I got kind of a little bit of an echo. What was like the last okay. part? I'm just going to ask you, do you feel like at this point that since you've mentioned it as something you don't think about much anymore, um, uh, this is really has just become a part of your history and you've, you've taken, yeah. you've taken a lot you've learned from all that and you've applied it to your own life. And so, um, that's where, that's where you're at now, right? That's, and that's a good place to be, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really is. It's something that's, it's, it's, it's free. It's you. <laughs> yeah. It's what, it's what you are, you know. Um, so, uh, in, in closing today, I, I, like I said, there's so much more we could, we could talk about, but we are running a lot of time here. So, um, one of the things I always like to do is allow people to I think, you know, kind of share, you know, from the, from their heart or what they'd like to say is about the situation. Uh, help us put a put a cap on that. Uh, put a bowl, I guess, on on, on our conversation. Is is there something, uh, maybe someone in the community that might be listening to this that you'd like to maybe say to, leave a message for them, or is there something you just further you'd like to just say about about what you've learned and what you want people to remember about all this? I mean, you approached us, and I'm thankful for you did, and I really appreciate your time sharing with us. And maybe there's, again, a final word of ammunition or something you'd maybe, 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 uh, you would like to kind of share with us here. Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, like, I would just say to anybody who's, who's still there. I mean, you know, I, I think most of the people who were there when I started are still there. And just ask yourself, is this the plan that you want? Like, give yourself, you know, give yourself the credit, like, you know, to ask yourself if it's what you want for your life, you know, because God, I mean, there's a lot of different plans he has for people out there. I feel like it was in my plan to run across that situation, mm-hmm. you know, Um but ask yourself what you want for your life because you deserve to have a life. Mm. You know, that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. And unfortunately, that's that's just the opposite of the experience that people get at Gladstone or places like that. There is no peace given. There is no, no, uh, uh, fear that isn't, uh, magnified a hundredfold. 
And that's what he's saying. The world does that. The world gives this kind of treatment to people. But Jesus is, like you said, Jesus has so much more for people uh, in, in their lives other than this narrow chambering of, of your life, you know, uh, you know, uh, turning it into a, turning it into a robot. Thinking what everybody else says, and, I, and, I, and I'm glad that uh, you had an opportunity to to learn that for yourself, you know. And I, I appreciate your coming on to share with that so much, um, Rebecca. It's been a pleasure. I want to tell you thank you so very very much today for for sharing it. I'm I am certain this is uh, uh, going to be a a podcast that's going to help a lot of people. Thank you. Yeah, it, it has been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and, if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you.